Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, um, we had a bit of well, a conversation. Uh, well, that becomes Sven. 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 in the mood for the game. Well, uh, first half good, second half not so good. Although actually it wasn't true of the show today, to be honest. Uh, we had quite a tricky start where Andy mispronounced the player's name and will not be getting invited uh, to uh, that particular player's birthday party. Um, so, yeah, we had a conversation. Ben Littleton joined us, the author of 12 Yards, the definitive work on penalties. And we kind of were duty-bound to talk spot kicks out of the game Absolutely. between England and Germany. And he kind of looked at what's been going on in the tournament and the trends around that we were joined by Danny McLaughlin Britain's foremost Harry Kane lookalike yeah uh, an interesting character nice guy nice guy and there were some clips of the midweek pewter uh, that we brought you from back in 2007 with a few old familiar voices in there so here it all is <laughs> everyone good afternoon Andy good afternoon Paul good afternoon everybody and I do feel a bit for Joe Conta she's out of the tournament about a day before she would have been it's quite sad it's not I mean, a massive amount of sympathy there Andy <laughs> all geared up for this tournament no, no, actually wow. she was playing quite well it is yeah, unfortunate yeah. and uh, she still gets 24 grand there you know just for you know just get, for qualifying for getting there yeah did you know the Wimbledon roof had its own um, Twitter feed Yes, you told me. Yeah. I can't Do tell you know, what my reaction was. 23,000 people <laughs> yes. uh, follow marvellous. the Wimbledon roof. Good for them. Yeah. Good. Okay. yeah you've, you've held yourself down. I have, yeah. yeah the, the stupid person who held up the Ale Opi Omi sign, you know, Go Grandad in German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And brought down all those people. I'm a bit worried she might be at Wembley tomorrow. I don't want her taking out Jack Green. <laughs> she goes down the wing. <laughs> Going down, that's true. She might have an even bigger cardboard sign. Yeah. She could be the new John 316. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't she? She could. I can't believe they can't I, find her. Have you her. seen John 316 at this at this tournament? Or is that sort of... I haven't. It's, it's, a, a, it's a, an old a, staple. It's a famous Bible passage and really going back to um, 1970 World Cup. Was that the first time? Someone would always be in the crowd mm. holding... John 316 up to every tournament. So I, I, I wonder what happened. Now they think it's a substitution. Yeah, that, that's, that's it. That's the trouble. You hold that up now. Number three immediately walks off. Number 16 comes. A very good point, Luke Andy. Sure that's why off. you can't do it. It can yeah, really confuse players. It's true, that's really. True. 
And in the game, uh, which game was it with the offside goal? Oh, yes, the Anatovic goal. Um, mm. Stuart Atwell, how did he take so long? Did something go wrong with the tech? I mean, it was about a foot and a half offside. Yeah. When they, when they yeah, showed it you the pretty, straight, pretty straightforward, didn't it? Three yeah. minutes, I don't know what was going on mm. there, but never mind. Um, yeah, some good football there, wasn't it? I, I like the extra time in the Italian game. That was terrific. I thought the second half yeah. yesterday was, was fun. And, well, all uh, these games we look at now and we think, oh, that's going to be a walkover. Even sort of France, Switzerland mm. tonight. Yeah, I mean, you look after. Austria, you know, it was a, it was a dogged performance, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and it just proves that, you know, it, 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 the teams are not going to get rolled over. I mean, a lot of people quite fancy Croatia tonight against Spain. So you, could you quite fancy it going. Game, yeah, I think it could be a draw. You're right, though, what you said, you need you need a goal. If Torgan Hazard had not scored, I think we probably would have had penalties on nil nil, don't you? Would have been a different So game. much of the football's chess like until the goal goes in, and, uh, you know, it, it needs that. And once it happens, then it's great. But, yeah. you know, it can be really dull to watch more and football before a goal scored. People are so cautious, especially in tournaments. Mm. Uh, good, good information from Sam Matterface, our own Sam. He told us that mm. uh, uh, the Belgian fullback Manure, not Manure, not Manure. <laughs> can't read my own writing. Manure, Manure, Manure. He wasn't that bad. All right, Blind Dave, I'll put that in clips of the week. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. You're Manure and you know you are. As the, as the Mernier is the... Yeah, yeah, that's right. so yeah. bad. Manure. <laughs> Ian Manure. It's Dan told us he was a postman. So yeah. He's used to wearing shorts then. That's all that for yeah. that. <laughs> Actually, calling him manure was much better was than the payoff. Better, really, really yeah. yeah. No question. Yeah, thank you for that, wasn't he? <laughs> it's very true. Oh, anyway, the referee in oh, yeah. the game last night was under pressure. Mm. It's our old mate. We see him in the Champions League. It's old Felix Brick. Felix Brick. And we thought that after refereeing, I imagine he'll go into the VAR mm. box or he'll become like a... He'll be um, he'll be like the German Peter Wharton. What a hellish <laughs> thought that is. <laughs> it's always great to get Peter involved, isn't it? It's German for fence. Because Peter just tends, they, let's get Peter, let's bring Peter. What do you think, Peter? And Peter just basically, he sort of, he fudges it until the yeah. ref makes a decision. Then he backs up what the ref said. Doesn't Only he? time will tell. Only time will tell, which is, yeah, is that a penalty? Only time will tell. That's not what you're there for, really, yeah. is it? Um, yes, Alan 9.32, somebody should be holding up at the England game tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, very good. Paul Lombard. Yeah, very we good. should definitely do that. Um, yeah, anyway, Phoenix mm. Brick. Maybe a, maybe a TV career beckons for him. Maybe he would like to make some programmes. But what would you call them, I wonder? Oh, well, <laughs> we hand that over to you. Felix Brick, we're looking for some TV formats for Felix today. Well, we'll send them on to him. Uh, we have we have sources that know him. We can get them to him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's uh, another brick in the wall. Obviously, that's uh, the, the history of, uh, <laughs> of that spray paint that they now use uh, and defending free kicks. Brick by brick. Brick by brick. Yeah, what's that? Well, his, own, his own family examined the great work of the fine German referee. Okay, right. Like no, you haven't really given that <laughs> right, a lot of thought, 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 thought. No, not really. <laughs> okay, then we'll leave that to you. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&GS. Have some TV formats for uh, Felix Brick, the referee. Brick Outhouse, of course. We'll yeah, well, coming, yeah, we, we, well we're Brick Manure House, as you're now calling it. <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> okay. Was, That's just the history of toilets <laughs> all around Germany, isn't it? It's very I true. It, yes. I was reading uh, a piece about uh, fitness in the Mail on Sunday. How to oh, yeah. stay young, how to get yourself fit. And number 22 was shout yourself fitter. Really? It boosts oxygen intake. No wonder Brian Blessed's so fair. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. People do two marathons, yeah. So are you, are you planning to shout yourself fitter? 
Well, I could do, but it might ruin the level, so I won't I'm do it in here. I'm so glad you didn't misread your handwriting for that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> we really don't want, don't want people going even around more thinking... Than you. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, Andy Jacobs said, are you sure that's right? And that would make you fitter. Well, you'd certainly lose weight, wouldn't you? But would it make you fitter? Are you sure he just didn't misread his handwriting? You, you mentioned the referee last night. Uh, yeah. And what about the referee in the other game yesterday? Mm. Talk about identity. How many referees look like yeah, this? Yeah, the bloke? Anthony Taylor look. The Anthony Taylor look, the yeah. Howard Webb look, the Kalina look. Yeah. What is it about refs and no hair? Well, I just think it's... Arthur, no hair. He should be a referee. <laughs> I just think they go for the shaved look, don't they? I mean, there's nothing worse than when you've got those little tufts where you've got a little little island. Yeah, that's true. You don't want that. Especially as you can't travel there at the moment. So, um, where do we find out? Um, um, Martinez Island uh, last night. Is it is it on the green list? Or is it... <laughs> yeah, no you got to self-isolate when you come back. I meant to check back. whether he was wearing a belt or not, but I forgot. <laughs> OK, well, thank you. <laughs> Rigorous research there <laughs> from Andy. Anyway, Felix Brick TV format. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, we feel duty-bound to discuss penalties on the eve of an England-Germany game, but we're not just going to talk about them in that context. We're going to look at them in the tournament so far and some of the other talking points. The author of the excellent book on penalties, 12 Yards, still uh, blogging on the topic as well, Ben Littleton, author and journalist. Hi, Ben. Hello, Paul. So, what have you? I've seen you tweeting a little bit around pens during the tournament. What have what have been the trends so far? What have you noticed of interest? Well, there have been quite a lot of missed pens for a start. Five of them have been missed. Three by left footers. Don't read too much into that. That's <laughs> just uh, uh, on a bigger sample. It's pretty much fifty-fifty on left and right. But one thing I have noticed is that um, penalty takers who are striking the ball goalkeeper dependent, which is waiting for the goalie to make the first move and then picking their spot and going the other way, have struggled. Four out of five of the 
penalty takers have missed doing that method. And they were Bale, Alioski, Malinowski and Moreno. And for three of them, they're not regular penalty takers. Now, this is significant because if it gets to a penalty shootout and you get to a point where the players kicking penalties are not your regular penalty takers, it's, it's a risky way to do it. Hmm. It's much safer to go goalkeeper dependent, independent. Sorry, Pick your spot and go for it. And I've had the pleasure of re-watching some of England's shootout heroics in the last few days, re-watching the shootout against Colombia and against Switzerland. And in both of those, England, took, England scored 10 out of 11 penalties, and every single one was goalkeeper independent. So they're obviously, it's something they've worked on. They're picking their spot. They're trusting in their own execution, and they're going for it. Interesting. Uh, the other thing, Roberto Rossetti, the head of the referees at this tournament, said they didn't want to give away soft penalties. Uh, they said uh, they wanted to have a high bar for penalty awards rather than penalise marginal contact. The penalty is something important in football, a serious moment. We don't like soft penalties. We want clear penalties. We want a clear that action for the defender. Yeah, that was rubbish. Clear <laughs> fouls, yes. But I, mean, I just wondered if, we, on that basis, are we down on penalties in this tournament from what we'd expect at this stage? Yeah, I think we are slightly. I think the France-Portugal game, uh, I think uh, Manuel Lajos didn't get that memo. Because, uh, <laughs> he, he was giving them left, right and centre, wasn't he? Mm. And in fact, I think the decision that was um, arguably the most obvious penalty, which was right at the end of foul on Coman, um, wasn't given as a penalty, but he gave three in that game. And that has uh, boosted the numbers up a little bit. But yeah, I think we are down on penalties. And uh, I think that's quite good. I don't think there have been that many obvious um, mistakes or, or, or clear-cut decisions that have gone the wrong way. Do you know what was interesting? Somebody suggested, I can't remember who it was, but they said that, why do they take this long, slow walk from the centre circle where you've got a lot of time to think, why don't you sprint to the spot or jog? You know, people people tend to do a, lo- a long walk, don't they, But ben? all the perceived wisdom around this, Ben, is that you take your time, don't you? You take deep breaths, you take your time, you don't rush any aspect of taking penalties. So that would kind of fly in the face of that, wouldn't it? Yeah, different people react in different ways to mm. stress. I think a lot of these players feel most comfortable when they've got a ball at their feet or in their hands. And so the period of time when they're walking without either of those things is very nerve-wracking. But this is something that Gareth Southgate and his team have been aware of for so long. They've worked on it so hard. Uh, I actually think that the England team and their backroom staff have put more preparation um, and work into preparing for the possibility of a shootout than any other team. And so even though that doesn't mean you're guaranteed uh, to, to win a shootout, it means that if, if we get to a shootout, you'll know that every potential uh, variable will have been considered by, by the England management team. And each player's preparation apparently has been tailored. The guys are going to know who's taking the penalties and in, in, in what order, so you won't have any of that. I don't fancy it. If they're on the field and they're still yeah, fit, they haven't been subbed, yeah. they're going to take the pens. Some players will be told to stand with their teammates, as you often do in a shootout. Others have been said, if you want to go off and sit on your own, you can. Others are going to have a massage before they take <laughs> their penalty. I mean, we're going to have no excuse. Nothing to chance. Well, considering Kai Havertz today has said, oh, yeah, we, we do a few penalties at the end of training, really just to sort out... Uh, the order and and everybody's in nick to to take one, but they're not doing that kind of preparation. But then they tend not to lose as many shootouts as we do. Yeah, that's right. But I have to say, I think we should be a little bit bullish about the prospect of England v Germany if it goes to a shootout, because England, as I said, have scored ten of their last eleven in shootouts. They've mm. won two out of two, and Germany in their last shootout 
was in 2016, and that they did beat Italy, but it was not convincing. They missed three of their first five penalties, and the players that missed were big players, Muller, Ozil, Schweinsteiger. It, it was not a, a German penalty shootout of old, let's say. So if they're just going for the try and true, tested, well, it's worked in the past, we don't need to prepare too much, then you know that, that may be at their peril, because I think England will be massively prepared for it, and, uh, you know, potentially in a position to take advantage. That thing you were telling me about Courtois and Mignolet was interesting, though. Yeah, I mean, their record, uh, you'll know this, Ben, of course, but their record for penalty saves is pretty decent. Um, Courtois saved eight, uh, Mignolet saved 15 during his career, but Roberto Martinez has said, I'm, I'm not the kind of manager that swaps out keepers before shootout, so if it does come down to that, uh, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm beating the drum that I want to see more coaches be proactive in trying to get the best players on the pitch for a shootout and you see coaches sub on players to take a penalty right at the end of extra time and we, we spoke about this after the Europa League final didn't we because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer brought on Juan Mato, he brought on Alex Tellez after 190 minutes they both scored penalties, they were, they were kicking two and three so they were in the top five they both scored but then he didn't bring on Dean Henderson uh, who has a considerably better record at stopping penalties than David De Gea, as we found out, or as United fans, I should say, found out to their cost. And there are a couple of other national teams that have this discrepancy in keeper records between one and two. You point out that Mignolet's got a much better record than Courtois. That's true. But also, uh, the French, number one, and I guess number three, Mike Magnol, they've got very interesting records. Larisse's record is, is about 14% saving record, which isn't great. And Magnon's saving record is 34%. He saved mm. a penalty with his first touch in Ligue 1 football. He came on as a sub uh, after uh, Enyama was sent off. His first act was to save a penalty as a professional footballer for Lille. And then he saved a penalty in his second game as well. So straight away, two penalty saves in his first two games. Then there's a mythology around him, an aura mm. builds. This guy is a penalty specialist, which has a massive impact on the opponents because they try and reach the further corner, which means they're more likely to miss the target. So straight away, the, the, the self-fulfilling prophecy has been set. The Mignon is a penalty specialist. His record is sensational. He's got a 20% better record at penalties than, than Lloris. But I would be very surprised, given Lloris's status in the side, right? He's captain. Mm. He's a leader. Um, I'd be very surprised if he gets subbed off. But I would like to see one coach try at this tournament. I'm looking forward to your new book on free kicks and why none has scored. Have <laughs> <laughs> you thought of doing yeah, that? I need to work on that. What's that going to be called? 25 yards? Away? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, I mean, there's enough, there's enough talking points around Ronaldo's record and why Bruno Fernandes yeah, doesn't get looking. There's quite a lot on it. It yeah. is odd that we've seen nothing. It seems to me this ball, if you hit it, the minute you hit it really hard, it just seems to fly up. It seems up. to fly yeah. up, yeah. Mm. Just a quick one on keepers before we let you go, Ben. They're, they're going to be doing their prep because when we do finally get a shootout in this in this knockout stage, they're going to be hot on staying on the line, I would imagine, aren't they? And we, I think we could see maybe a few more retakes than we generally do because of VAR. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it is perceived to be much harder for goalkeepers now because they can't move a bit earlier um, and, I, and I think in terms of those that kick goalkeeper dependent it's actually harder for goalkeepers to save those penalties but it's, it's always a challenge I'm looking forward to seeing who's got what on their water bottles or on mm. their, their notes stuck down their sweaty socks 
So, so we'll see. It's obviously an opportunity for a goalkeeper to be a hero. It certainly is. Um, let's hope it doesn't come to that tomorrow, especially. Um, so uh, are you still um, doing your regular uh, penalty updates? You're putting those out at the moment, Ben? Yeah, that's right. Uh, today I've, I published a piece on uh, my um, newsletter, which is at 12yards.substack.com. And I'm asking uh, everyone to name which five players they would pick as England's five penalty takers uh, should tomorrow night's game go to a shootout. And if they get it right, they get a signed copy of 12 yards. Beautiful. I go Pickford first penalty. <laughs> I do. I do wow. know how that would throw the. I mean, throw the Germans. Neuer first penalty he faces is from the other keeper. Get inside yeah, their yeah, heads. It could, it could it's a mad idea. Take no notice of me. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Thanks very much. Thanks, Paul. Ben Little in there, the author of the excellent book uh, Twelve Yards, and yeah, you can uh, catch up with all those. Yeah, give Luke us your... Shaw taking one. Jose sitting at home hoping he misses. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Of course, that was yeah, that was uh, pretty incredible stuff. You don't often get the player answering, but but Jose will be uh, with us on Talksport only soon. Oh, yeah. I imagine he'll have something to say about. Oh, I imagine he will. I imagine he will. He usually does. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Young Brit Jack Draper has won the first set against Novak Djokovic. <laughs> Martin Keller was advising people to put money on Djokovic. <laughs> <laughs> what does he know? Exactly. The um, but well done to him. The trouble is that you know if he wins today, we get that whole you know it suddenly you, you have to watch He's not games. Win. You're going to have to watch games from Draper's ditch. You have to <laughs> watch it from a lower point than ditch. you would otherwise. It'll have to be a ditch near Murray Mount. <laughs> And you will sit in there and watch the games if you yeah. can see over Murray Mount. Anyway, well like done him. That, that is pretty yeah, impressive. I mean, it, whatever it. happens next, you know, it'll always mm. have that. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, talking of Wimbledon, um, back in the day, we used to play. Um, uh, I think it was a record. It was. It a was disc. a record. Imagine, imagine Vinyl. a record that taught you how to play better tennis. You couldn't quite. Did it you go with a long extension lead to the Parkies <laughs> Hut if you went to the tennis course to take a to take an old record player along? <laughs> while John Newcomb, the great John Newcomb, a legend of the game, talked you through. Yeah. So we got this little bit from John uh, Newcomb's a record, and uh, we used to play this every day during Wimbledon. Well, yeah, but not just the same bit. We used to get instructions. No from John Obviously. to become better players but this is this is just a, a bit of John Newcomb for as it's the first well, it's the, the other bloke isn't it oh it's the other bloke for, uh, what's the other bloke's name we never no bothered idea, to find no, out no, did we no, okay no, let's, here, here it all is anyway today tennis is the fastest growing sport in America and probably in the world yeah, over probably. 20 million research, North mate. Americans <laughs> now play tennis and the number is increasing every day by leaps no and champions. bounds into one of our country's best William loved sports still no numbers is the it reasons and for its popularity are quite understandable <laughs> It is not only fun, but a healthy, active form of outdoor exercise. It is a game that anyone can learn in a short time. Hmm. It is a sport within the physical capabilities of almost everyone. To get the most out of tennis, we are presenting an album, Tennis with John Newcomb, that is filled with clear, common-sense advice and positive instruction by one of the world's all-time great tennis players, Hmm. three times Wimbledon champion, twice U.S. champion, Hmm. Once Australian champion, a Davis Cup champion, six times Wimbledon doubles champion, 
three times U.S. Open doubles, oh, yeah. four times Australian doubles, yeah, right. and the winner of the World Championship of Tennis for What's 1974, <laughs> Mr. John Newcomb. What's the World Championship of Tennis? <laughs> I have no idea. Well, he obviously died he out. In the he was. He was a brilliant player. He was fantastic. Okay. So, uh, But that bloke making a pretty bold claim for tennis. <laughs> yes, there, really. wasn't he, I felt. So, now, yeah. uh, Andy, you always uh, say to me that in this first round of mm. Wimbledon, there are a number of uh, players, generally from Russia, uh, or the immediate yeah. area. Um, over, and, over versus over and over. Yeah, and that's right, over, <laughs> over and over. And they play each other over and over. Yeah, and do, yeah. uh, you, you thought that you could give me, I mean, my knowledge of young, yeah. predominantly female um, tennis players from Russia is <laughs> sketchy. I've gone with the men. Especially actually. during a Euro. You've gone with the men? I've gone with the men. Okay, yeah. so you're going to give, give me some names, and I've got to guess whether they are tennis players or not. It's a bit like sport or not. Well, it's a, it is sport or not. Okay, but, but, but it, it won't take as Rasputin long. or Roger. Okay, right, fair. Rasputin. <laughs> that's, that's a bit dark, isn't it? That's Rasputin or Roger. Anyway, all right. Okay. Well, DJ Majestic. He's back, he's, back, he's back in the nation's consciousness, though, isn't he? Uh, rah, rah, Rasputin. Very true. Yeah. Uh, Dmitry Donskoy. Dmitry Donskoy. Tennis or not tennis? Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Roger! I think I'm saying he's tennis. <laughs> no, he was the former Prince of Moscow. I was a long time ago. That's a pub, isn't it? <laughs> okay, that's not good. That's not out of one then, Andy. Okay, yeah. go on then. Ily Ivashka. Ily Ivashka. Um, should, we, should we wait for the sound effect this time, Andy, before you blow the tension? Oh, yes. Um, Ily, <laughs> Ily Ivashka. Uh, I'm going to go Roger. Yeah, that means it's, that means yeah, it's right, right, isn't it? Ilya Vashkin. <laughs> Did you know much about Ilya Vashkin? No? no, not at all. Okay, fair enough. Can't tell you who's right, playing. I can't listeners find him on my list now. But he's there. Yep. Uh, Vasily Golutsin. Vasily Golitsin. Sorry, Golitsin or Golitsin? <laughs> as as you don't call him manure, I don't mind. Um, <laughs> Vasily Golitskin. Um, <laughs> Golitsin. <laughs> I do struggle. I do struggle with those Russian names. Um... I'm going to go Rasputin. <laughs> oh, no, I was wrong. He's a tennis player, yeah? No. Oh, no, OK. No, no he's no, it's <laughs> really confusing. Doesn't no, matter. He's well, maybe sem- we'll leave the sound effect. Sem- <laughs> Larcher de Brito loves it. 17th century commander. OK. Yeah. Uh, did he go commander? That's what I go commander. <laughs> I he might have done. So that's uh, one out of three. It's not great. Is it two more? Yeah. It'll be over yeah. soon. Don't worry. Alexander Gorkachev. Gorchakov. Oh, Andy, you put your back into it, man. <laughs> You're never going to get that job on Russia today. You are not the new Kate Partridge, I'll tell you that's that. That's very true. Um, Alexander Gorchakov. Gorchakov. That's uh, yeah. the uh, Russian Chaz and Dave. That was their big hit, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was. Um, I'm going for Roger. It doesn't matter, you just tell me. With... He was the foreign minister. Oh, OK, so he wasn't Roger, he was Rasputin. <laughs> Larger de Brito we is really quite struggling. as well as we could have. One no. out of four, this is proving your point, Andy. OK, yeah. one more. last one, Mikhail Kukushkin. Mikhail Kukushkin. Mikhail Kukushkin. OK, well, that's got to be a tennis player, isn't it? Roger! <laughs> it was, Tremendous, it? yeah. 
Perhaps I can see Larcher de Brito was the one for everything. So anyway, two out of five, Andy. What a tremendous game. Maybe proving your point. Now, Felix Brick, had a. he did the game last night, Belgium-Portugal, had a bit of a tough time, especially with old Pepe. Yeah, I spoke to Pepe's agent after the game. Oh, yeah, But he's just landed a role in Death in Paradise. Yeah. Tremendous. Cool, Pepe, he's a piece of work, isn't he? How did he stay on? I mean, really, I, th- I thought that was a red card no, last night. It was night. a red card. Um, Felix Brick might want to do. He might after last night being harangued by the Portuguese players. Oh, he might want a change of career, do some TV, nice daytime telly. Good idea. And Vincent agrees. He's gone with uh, uh, brick and mortar. He researches all types of warfare ammunition, says... One for, like, Discovery. That'll be on there on a History Channel. Um, Miles gives us... Um, Phoenix has to perform various daredevil stunts, wing-walking, base-jumping, swimming with sharks, in bricking it. That's very, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's very good, Miles. Um, what about Yellow Brick Road, a short series discussing The Wizard of Oz? It's probably more, <laughs> it's of, a, limited, it's more, it? more of a one-off, isn't it? <laughs> really. Coming up. And that's Justin <laughs> in Birmingham. Um, Dave gives us... Uh, Felix presents a holiday programme visiting different holiday destinations on the green list in Bricks and Malta. Very good, Dave. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Um, no one's gone with brick layer, thank goodness. No, the, what would, uh, no, that's 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 asking for trouble. It is. Um, yeah. Felix joins ex England rugby player Kieran Bracken as they trawl around local car boot sales in brick and brack. <laughs> the thing is, you can see that getting made. That in fact, it's, it's, it's out there already, isn't it? And uh, Felix teams up with Blackburn's Bradley Dack to bring us a roller coaster ride through the world of uh, Tat in Brickadack. Uh, Sundays from 4pm on Quest, says Freddie. So thank you for those. It all worked Some out. lovely TV formats there yeah. for uh, referee Felix Brick. Anything else, Andy? Yes, I enjoyed Sir Jeff. Oh, sorry. I just enjoyed Sir Jeff Hurst playing head tennis with the Sun mascot Harry Main. Have you seen this? (laughs) Really? Mascots can't head the ball. There must be moments when Sir Jeff thinks, "Do I really need to be doing this?" Well, just thinks (laughs) it's a bit of fun, you know. And I don't know. But anyway, it does keep the profile up. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. We're looking now at uh, the world of Harry Kane lookalikes. Oh, good. because they are rushed off their feet at the moment. Um, apparently, Susan Scott lookalikes said it's been a um, yeah. They are they are very very busy uh, currently. So uh, we're going to find out a little bit more about that. We're joined now by Britain's foremost uh, Harry Kane lookalike. Oh, that's good. And uh, he joins us now. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Oh wow. So has it has it been has it been crazy for you? Uh, it has been pretty busy. I've. Uh... Just uh, getting a balance between my everyday work and. Oh, has he gone? He's gone. What happened? That's a yeah. shame. I was dying to know what sort of work he's been doing. Yes, that's right. Well, we're gonna. <laughs> what? What? what I, I would imagine uh, that's true. What is the role of the lookalike at the moment when you you know you can't really move around that much? I mean, we'll, we'll try and get Danny back. We'll work on that. Quite popular. Video messages are very popular at the moment. Yeah. You could say. Hello, I'm someone who looks like Harry Kane. Happy birthday. <laughs> Good, possibly. It doesn't seem... Uh, hmm. Have you ever employed the services of a lookalike, Andy? No, I can't say I have, really. No. <laughs> Those be all the rage like. when you have one going to a party. Anyway, we've got, uh, we've, uh, we've got him back. Uh, sorry, Danny. Yes, uh, you were just telling us that it's, it's a balancing act between uh, your normal job and... What do you do, then, away from looking like Harry Kane? So I work as... Um, I work with young people that offend... 
um, between 10 to 17 year olds. So I'm a caseworker for Hackney Council. Okay. Uh, cool. Put together programs to prevent young people from reoffending. And they, they Probably must... slightly more valuable work than being Harry Kane looking like, to be really yeah, honest. Yeah, but it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a release after doing such important work like yeah. that. And I'm sure many of the young people you work with, they must love the fact that uh, you're a Harry Kane. It's a bit of a conversation starter, isn't it, I would think? Yeah, a lot of them are obviously big football fans, and especially with international football. Mm. So uh, and because, I, obviously, this is my everyday look, I'm not doing anything to alter it. It's... Uh, a lot of the young people, it's a bit of a distraction. So it's trying to keep them level-headed with what's the work that's actually in front of them rather than any hurricane stuff. That can come at the end. Do people expect you to do the voice when they see you? And, you know, expect you to sound like that yes, as well. Yes, it's distinctive, I mean, because that's it? a difference between a lookalike and an impressionist, isn't well, it? I, I know, think but it's know, asking people, a lot, isn't I bet it? people do that. It is asking a lot. I think there's, there are sound-alikes and lookalikes. I mean, if I could do it, I think... I wouldn't need my full time job, but uh, at the moment, <laughs> I just hate the image rather than the, the voice. So, when what was the first time? And you say you've not cultivated it at all. You you normally have a bit of a beard going on, do you? Or did you grow it as yeah. Harry grew it? No. So the, the the sweat back look and the beard and all that is just part of my everyday look. And it come about um, just before the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was at university and. I used to get it sort of queuing up to get into nightclubs or um, sort of in my uh, different job that I had to get sort of kids coming up to you and asking you for a photo or a selfie or a video. So that was quite, that was when I first thought, okay, there's maybe I do look a bit like him. I didn't think too much into it at the time. And what was, uh, were you approached by an agency? Did you go to them? How did, how did that all come about? You started doing it as a sideline. Yeah, so there was a there's a lookalike agency and then there's Susan Scott, which mm. is another lookalike agency, and then there's a one in the US and there's a few agencies across uh, international and nationwide. And um, when the World Cup kicked in, it was just uh, busy, busy uh, with sort of jobs booked here, there, and everywhere. TV work, radio work. It was it was quality. I love it, and it's it's a good platform for me, but it's also a good platform for me to raise awareness because I do a lot of. The money that I earn from doing this goes to Prostate Cancer UK. Oh, wow. So I, oh, that's great. Uh, it's something that, uh, charity that's really hurt, hits home for me. Sure. Do, well you, do you do? You, yeah, absolutely. Do you actually play football? It'd be a great ringer, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> turned be. up. Yeah, are you any good, Danny? Um, I wouldn't say I'm as good as Harry Kane. <laughs> no, um, you know. However, I, I do play a bit more charity football matches, especially now with this lookalike. Uh, edge so hmm. more charity matches i play which I, I love playing football but i'm just not as good as harry king no, and what sort enough. of gigs have you done what sort of things do you find yourself doing as harry kane lookalike is there a kind of staple of it or and, and you get the sort of weird outlier type requests what sort of things you've been asked to do they're mainly around football so sort of when var came in we did a a, a job at a venue in a, in a pub a brewery with a, another famous sportsman and it will be sort of retaking sort of penalties and um yeah all mainly around football there are photo shoots there are video shoots there's sort of around derby day especially around tottenham and arsenal it's there's a lot of uh, sort of coverage there with other lookalikes that are from other football teams um and sort of yeah just asking you to come down watch the football so for example in the euro joint going down to a pub to just sit there and watch the game but to get involved with other fans and um, they love it because I guess it gives their um, venue a bit of exposure as yeah. well when they 
particularly not on social media. It must be it must be strange, isn't it? It's weird because you're just going along there because you look a bit like Harry Kane. I mean, as I said, you're putting the money to a very good cause. So this, but it's must be must be strange at times when you're sitting there thinking this this is all very odd. It definitely is when <laughs> when you're approached uh, on a train platform or when you're uh, even in my line of work in in the lift and that when I was when during the World Cup and I had. Uh, tv work and that and people would say oh were you the one that was on so and so and it'd be like yeah and you just because you're not changing any altering your look it's mm. just it's very surreal but i've sort of got used to it but when like you guys have asked me to come on and, and so forth which is a, a great opportunity it still gives me the goosebumps and that even though you think i'd be used to it yeah i saw some pictures of you with what i thought was a, a, absolutely the best ever chris kamara lookalike i'd seen then i realized oh, yeah. it was cammy oh right you see, <laughs> you, i thought wow that guy that guy's good but um yeah. but it was key worked with cammy before haven't you yeah that was legit that one <laughs> that's good so uh have you been busy well what's been the best one recently around this tournament you've been doing yeah, I had um, uh, a very popular YouTuber um, do a press. I think Chris Endy, his name is. He does a lot of sports and has a lot of uh, sort of uh, international football styles on his channel. And now we did a sort of a look like work there. I've done some work with the BBC recently and other platforms. And there are some coming up as well. Yeah, hopefully, if the more England progress. Uh, the more the work will keep coming in. So, yeah. fingers crossed. And Brilliant. finally, Danny, have you met Harry Kane? Oh, no, I get this question all the time. This is the, I feel like I need to meet him in order to stop this question coming in and letting it yeah. be out there. But no, I've not I'll met him yet. I'll just say him. yes. <laughs> him, but I've yet to meet him yet. I think he's a good lad. I think he'd, he'd take it oh, no, he'd, he'd take it well, wouldn't he? Yeah. I think he'd appreciate oh, yeah, it. Yeah, and it's, but certainly yeah, as your, your, all the money raised is going to a good cause. No, so that's good. a lovely touch. Nice one. Listening. Yeah, well, if he is listening, he should. Uh, we have to organise something for you. Uh, cheers, yeah. Danny. All the best. Keep up the good work. Thank Keep you. enjoying looking like uh, Harry Kane. Don't go and move to Manchester, will you? As a Tottenham fan, I'd rather not see that. You may, you may have to move north. Yeah. Okay. Cheers, Danny. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Danny McLaughlin there, Britain's foremost Harry Kane lookalike. We've got a few people coming over tomorrow to watch the game. I've booked a Harry Main lookalike. Oh, okay. Is that the, the lion? <laughs> the the sun's uh, lion. Lion yeah. lookalike. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Clips of the Week. Well, as we often say, kind of, because we bring you those every Friday at 3.30. But these are some old clips from December 2007. Oh, yeah. Some long-lost, dusty mini-discs found in the corner of an office. And um, we've not heard these since then, have we, Andy? No. We've not heard these since no, no. December 2007, so um, we hope they're good. I'm sure they are. And But they're just a random sample. They're not edited. They're not curated. This has warts and all as they went out that Friday in December. And we'll begin with Alan Brazil and a textbook long question for the former England cricket coach, Duncan Fletcher. Uh, Kevin Peterson, I must talk about Kevin Peterson. It's interesting. Uh, Jack Bannister, one of the correspondents. Jack listens every day. Good morning, Jack. Uh, now and again, you know, he praises Kevin, but sometimes, Duncan, if Kevin goes for a shot and a very important time and gives a wicket away, Jack likes to give him a bit. Uh, but every time I look up, but not every time, but mostly, I think Kevin Peterson is a great, great player. And I think uh, at times when England have maybe struggled, he's been brilliant. He's come in there. How good is he in your eyes? 
I, I think he's a very good player. There Thank we you are. very much. <laughs> God, there All we, I yeah. could hear in that question was Duncan, Jack, Kevin. Kennel, Jack, Duncan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me. Not for me. For, for, not, for, not for me. Uh, this is Mike Parry looking ahead to the upcoming European Championships and discussing Spain's chances. They are another conundrum at international level. They never quite get it together, do they, up there, uh, in, the, in, the, in the competitive sense? They don't. If you look at their record, like Spain, yes. the best they've ever done... Uh, oh, they won it in 64. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they also won in 2008. Yeah, so. and went on to win the World Cup. Yeah, well, well done, done there, Mike. Yeah, marvellous. Well done, Mike. <laughs> yeah. uh, sticking with the Euros, this is a caller talking England. Right, the question is, do you not think that we've got, we haven't got the right man for the England job? Because I think that he's, we've had too many yes-no men. <laughs> well, one or the other, really. What, what, is, is it a yes, yes, no is it a yes man. man or a no man? <laughs> yes. Back to Mr. Parry again, alongside Graham Beecroft, mm. who finally went maximum partridge. Have you ever been to Wrexham, by the way? I have. I've been plenty of times, What yes. do you think of Wrexham? Uh, Wrexham as a town is or a, Wrexham as a football no, ground? Is, is, is it a nice little town? It's I, I don't okay. know. It's I don't a, know it's a decent well. pedestrianised shopping centre is down it? there. Well, Aha! <laughs> <laughs> it's got old Beaky. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, this, this is a caller to uh, Keith Arthur on Fisherman's Blues. I do a bit of carp fishing over Gunsbury in Acton. Yeah. And um, for the for the boilies, I I wondered if I, I, I've been told. I'm not sure. I'm asking you to mix tadpoles with strawberries. Is that? Um, it's, it's not something I'd do. Well, it's <laughs> your fishing at Wimbledon, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Maybe there's a little brook near Wimbledon. <laughs> Tadpole and strawberry mix. I don't know what that would, uh, that would do. Anyway, um, is it you, Andy? It is. It's Alan Brazil on Breakfast again now. Uh, also, uh, Kaka wants to appear God for his divine football and time becoming an evangeli- uh, evangelical, evangelical, evangelical uh, ma- um, minister. <laughs> Evangelico. <laughs> what He's a gone player he was. Kakas, Evangelico. Um, <laughs> here's Mike Parry and Andy Townsend coming back from an advert break with a bit of music. Just don't come home too soon. I don't care what people say. We can laugh it all away. If I have a dream. Remember this one, Mike? What's that, Andy? Do you remember this song? Of course I remember it. What was it? Don't come home too early. Oh dear, they, they, yeah, obviously Delamitri wanted a slightly different title for the song, which wasn't echoed in the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. we just heard two seconds earlier. Yes. Sticking with Mr Parry and music, here he is with Andy Townsend again. Remember the famous Elvis Presley quote? Go on. Before the Beatles, there was nothing. Is that what he said? No, actually, it's the other way around. Sorry, John Lennon said, that's right, I've just remembered. Sorry. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, here's a call to John Gaunt on mid-mornings. Let's hey. go to Spencer in Edgware. Hiya, Spencer, what do you want to say, big boy? Hello, Gaunt, how are you? Fabulous, my friend. What do you want to say? Nothing much. Oh, fair play. <laughs> thanks for calling. Yeah, thanks for calling. Yeah, it's £100 with the Wix vouchers. <laughs> Marvellous. And sticking with the callers, here's one to Adrian Durham. Pete in Bexley, you're on Talk Sport, Pete. Hello, um... Um, I forgot your bloody name. <laughs> nice, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. And make them feel special, why don't you? And finally, uh, it is uh, Graham Beecroft with a question um, for one of the Euro organisers. 
I'm not trying to be particularly negative, Andreas, but one of the subjects which may have been spoken about, you tell me whether it has or it hasn't, but certainly one of the subjects which is spoken about quite a bit um, when draws for European Championships or indeed the World Cup come up are the position of the, the, cl- the uh, uh, nations in Pot 6, the Liechtensteins, the Maltas, the Luxembourgs, the Andorras, the Faroe Islands, San Marinos of this world. Have you spoken about having a separate competition of those what you might call lesser lights around the world um, who are never going to win World Cups because they haven't got the population to win the World Cup so that the very best of them can come forward and so that therefore countries don't get an absolute thrashing which doesn't improve their standard or indeed their, their will to, uh, to compete, so to speak? No, that has not been debated at all. Okay, yeah, thank enough. you very much. <laughs> <laughs> a rather short answer, a rather long question. <laughs> Brilliant. So there we are, as it was in December 2007. We'll dust a few more off for you uh, next week. A lot of things have not changed at all. No. Some have yes. and some well, haven't. Marnie, the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was uh, this afternoon's show. Uh, Andy will be back with us on, obviously on Thursday mm. for the spread uh, and oh, yeah. Friday in the studio when we'll keep looking ahead, of course, to uh, England in the next round, fingers crossed. Well, I hope it's not a post-mortem. I hope it's not you railing against Gareth Southgate. <laughs> he must go. Uh, anyway, uh, myself and Max are at the box park. Shall I pre-record that just yeah, in pre- case? Yeah, pre-record. <laughs> it so we've got it if we need it tomorrow. That's never going to, we don't need it, we're fine. Okay. So that's all to come. Uh, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.